It is the top of the hour, so I want to welcome everyone to Pit Stop, your fortnightly midweek rest area to refuel your drive. I'm Karen Cummins. I'm an audiobook narrator, and I'm the chief cartographer for narratorsroadmap.com, and I'm your host for Pit Stop. With me today in the co-pilot seat, as always, is my lovely friend and award-winning audiobook narrator, Anne Flosnick, who hosts the Narrator Uplift Show on Clubhouse. How are you this afternoon, Anne? Great. Happy to be here. Well, I am delighted you are. On each episode of Pit Stop, audiobook narrators who have vocations beyond narration pull into Pit Stop, and they are sure to inspire you to follow all of your interests and use all of your talents and gifts. I want to let you all know that the conversation is being recorded, so you'll be able to re-listen or catch parts you missed. Do feel free to comment in the chat, raise your hand in the app, because we would love for you to be part of the conversation. So thanks so much to everyone for joining us. I am super excited today to welcome Gina Rogers to Pit Stop. Gina has narrated over 200 audiobooks under several pseudonyms. She continues to teach Zumba classes from her living room via Zoom, and now she's sculpting and selling her miniature clay creations online and at craft fairs. She attempts to meditate and practice gratitude daily. When she finds herself with some rare time off, she enjoys playing with her very cute dogs, catching up with friends and family, and going to the beach. So welcome to Pit Stop, Gina. I'm so glad you're here. Thank you so much for having me. I've been smiling the whole time since you guys started talking. I've just been smiling. Thank you. I, I think you're always smiling, aren't you? Every time I've seen you, you're smiling. Every time the camera's on. (laughs) <laughs> oh, well, there you go. <laughs> and we don't even have a camera here, and yet you're still smiling. So that's it's good news. It's you, too. It's you and Anne. Yes. Oh. It was so f- funny to me because, uh, you know, I posted the announcement about this on social media, and um, I think it was Patria Burchard who said, you're a creative tornado. And I love that description <laughs> of you. Um, I've been telling everyone that it's my favorite description ever, and she's actually never seen my studio, but she's absolutely right. <laughs> it was me. Yes. Well, so I saw that you you have a bachelor's in uh, communications and media studies. Yes. But that's kind of a broad thing. So what did what did you go to school? What did you want to do? Well, I've been one of those people who never really knows what I want to do. I I have so many different interests. So I started, I wanted to help people. I went to school thinking I was going to be a psychologist. So I was studying psychology, but the science aspect wasn't working for me. So I switched to botany because I love plants. And um, my mom said, you're going to have to deal with bugs. And I quit botany. <laughs> like I was very, I was very fluent. And then I was like, oh, communications is the easiest. I can get that without studying. But um, in retrospect, I really wish that I had gone into, there was mass communications, which I did. Um, and this is going to date me, but it, we were studying the internet. <laughs> with a capital I, yeah. It first started. <laughs> Web. Um, but the other option was um, speech pathology. And in retrospect, I would have loved that because I like my articulation is what I'm known for in a lot of circles. And it just I wish I had a better guidance counselor. 
Anyway, when I graduated, I didn't know what to do. And uh, a friend of mine said I should come work for this company that it was environmental risk management. So super boring, but a lot of young people worked there and it was sales. And I was a telemarketer, essentially selling maps for commercial engineers who were, I don't, if you guys don't know anything about it, I'll just stop right there. It's so boring, but it has to it's do with very the- exciting to some people. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it was our big joke. Everybody who worked at this company, our joke was when you're at a party and someone asks what you do, you say, I work in sales. And they say, what do you sell? And you say, maps. And they're like, what kind of maps? And you go into this long explanation and their eyes glaze over because it's so boring. Very <laughs> different than when you're at a party and you're like, I'm an audiobook narrator. People are like, what? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so things have changed. But it was that job that I was not doing well in sales. And it was because I would call people and say, hi, this is Gina calling from EDR. Do you have a minute and I can talk to you about this? And my boss said, you got to throw in some sexy. And I was like, what does that mean? And he's like, use your voice. Then it turned into, hi, this is Gina calling from EDR. Do you have a minute to talk about um, our new map products? And my sales skyrocketed. So I attribute that guy for my success in romance. <laughs> well, that's something good that comes out of it. I'm, I'm hearing you say this and I'm thinking sexual harassment. Yes. I mean, yes. <laughs> yep. Oh, did, my did gosh. the guy not go through the required training? And this is not something you say to people. <laughs> oh, my gosh. No. And you know what? It's terrible. But I have never I'm so grateful. I've never truly felt like sexually assaulted or offended in any way. But my sister's joke was I spent 20 years in Los Angeles pursuing acting after that job. And my sister said, wait, who I'm blanking on his name. Who's the horrible guy? Harvey. She said, it's too bad you never hung out with Harvey because you'd probably let him give you a massage. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, so nice. So just like happy go. I mean, there's a, there is a drawback to being as jovial and accepting and every once in a while in retrospect i'm like oh my gosh gina come on how did you well, miss and, that but he and, meant it, he meant it in a nice way he was a very nice guy we can hope and we were friends well you you mentioned maps and of course uh because i have narrators road map i call myself the chief cartographer but there's a book called the cartographers and i don't know if you've read this but it's it's a great fictional story but it's actually based on a real incident that back, you know, at the turn of the 1900s, when people were actually making maps and people were starting to go places in cars, I think it was General Dynamic, I want to say. Anyway, they were the big map makers and they put a fictional city on one of their maps. And so if it showed up somewhere else, then they'd know it was copied. And this story is based on that that real piece of history. And so given your past job, you might like that story. You might enjoy it a lot. I wrote it down. I will check it out, but I will say that I did not enjoy the maps. I started out as a researcher for, they were called Sanborn historical maps. Mm. And they're very, they're interesting because they go back to the 1800s and they, 
show any sort of spill or like a gas station or a yeah, they show the buildings. I've looked at some yeah. of those. They're actually very fascinating if you I, love history. I was terrible at the job. And I actually really don't like history. I always miss the target. You had to print off on a microfiche machine. <laughs> oh, well, yeah. No, we don't want to go there. And it was like you see it. And I was always have to stay. I always had to stay at late and fix my errors. So I'm not, but I did write that down. It does sound interesting. I'll, ch I'll, I'll have a look. It, it might give you a whole new appreciation for yeah. your past life and all those maps. And yeah. so you went to school in Connecticut. Are you from Connecticut or, or in the Northeast? I grew up in a little town called Darianne. That is very, very snobby. My mom still lives in the house I was born in. Mm. And yeah. I realized recently that despite my 15 years waiting tables in Los Angeles, I still sound like a snob. So I get cast a lot as the snobby debutante. And that's fine because that's who I grew up with. Mm. Yeah. And, and I want to talk about LA, but I have to go back to your comment also that you got out of botany because you were told you'd have to deal with bugs. Did you not remember that before you moved to Florida? Because it's bug city there, right? So it's so bad, Karen. Guy <laughs> <laughs> come once a month and they, I still find some it's, it's a trade off. Mm. The bugs and the politics, <laughs> but everything yeah, else, well, we're not going to bring that up. <laughs> <laughs> everything else is great. I love the weather. It makes up for it. And where where in Florida are you? So I'm in Bradenton. Oh, okay. My cousin lives there. Really? Did we talk yes. about this? What? Have we talked about that before? I don't think so. <laughs> and he's oh. all the time showing us pictures of alligators in their neighborhood. I've not seen one in the wild yet. I have seen armadillos, which are crazy they look prehistoric i've seen very frightening snapping turtles in my mm. drive that are much larger than you think they should be and like giant moths i haven't seen an alligator though manatees dolphins it's a very exciting place mm. it feels like i live in jumanji <laughs> <laughs> well so I you you went to la you said you went you spent 20 years working yeah. and acting in LA. So tell yeah. us about that. So when I was working at that mapping company, um, I was getting cast in things. Like people would say, oh, you act, right? Why don't you come act in my, I was in Nonsense, which was one of my favorite roles. And because I have, the, I have a, I was always studying voice as well. So I sang a lot in choirs and things and um, things, choruses, choirs. Uh, I was doing musical theater and I did a couple commercials and um, I danced a little on MTV and VH1 and I made a lot of money in that sales job more than anyone right out of college should make. And I was buying everything I ever wanted. And I was just, I wasn't happy. I was living for the weekends and vacations. And I thought, what could I do that would make me happy? And I was like, I'm going to go be a swing dancer in Los Angeles. It was when the Brown Derby and swing, that was that movie called Swingers, was really big. So I just I don't know. picked up and, I mean, there were there were some pit stops in the middle. There was a man involved. But um, I went to Colorado, then Oregon, and then I landed in Los Angeles. And um, it was really, really hard. I'm not going to lie. There were some dark years there. 
I lived in a renovated garage for 10 of them. Mm. <laughs> and uh, live, working in restaurants was rough. And everyone said, I don't know what to do with you because you you have this curly red hair and redheads are either gorgeous or super awkward and ugly. And you're somewhere in the middle and we don't know what to do with you. <laughs> I heard you are not. You are definitely in the first category. I so appreciate that. Thank you. Um, Los Angeles will do a number on you, though. And so when I started narrating and voiceover, I was so happy that nobody could see what I look like. Oh. It didn't matter that I didn't look the part. So now when everybody's on social media, they're like, put a video of you live narrating. I'm like, no. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that's the point. Yeah, but you know that kind of limits you. I mean, if I I don't do it, and I'm not saying you have to do it, right? But I I wouldn't let that be the reason that I didn't do it. In other words, I mean, if if I really wanted to do it, I would. You mean read like narrate? On yeah, video? yeah. If I wanted, if I wanted to do that, I would, and it wouldn't matter how I look or how I think other people think I look or whatever, it's, do I want to do that? And the answer for me is no, but it sounds yeah. like you might want to do it. No. I mean, you teach on video. No, no, my narration is different. I really, I like to disappear in the booth and disappear in the story. And I actually don't like, I, I tried it once. I, I've narrated live on TikTok and there were aspects of it that was, that were fun. But for me, like, so I'm also a highly sensitive person. I was coaching with Christina Rooney, and that was one of the first things she said to me. Has anyone diagnosed you as a highly sensitive person? I'm very sensitive, and I'm very um, – she said to me, when you get stressed out about things, because I do, I do, I do get – I get stressed out just like everybody else, and um, I have a lot of anxiety when I'm not on camera smiling and spreading joy. And um, she said, what do you do when you have to work? And I was like, oh, no, no, no. My booth is my heaven. I go in there and everything fades away. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of like a sacred space that I just have not wanted to share on social media. I do my little videos where I'm like, this word is tripping me up or I don't can't say this, but that's it. Well, I think that's a great approach. It, it just sounded like a minute ago you were saying you, you didn't want to do it just because of you know, the hair or the looks or what people said in LA or whatever. Right, right. No, there's lots of reasons. I don't like it. I like voiceover. I like playing with a microphone and being whatever character they need. You know? I'm with you, Gina. Completely agree. On camera is one thing and voice is something else. It's magic. It is. Yeah. But, so, and yeah. And nobody's diagnosed me, but from what I've read, I would definitely say I fall in that category of highly sensitive person. I mean, like if two people start talking to me at the same time, my brain is processing both of them and it kind of like goes in meltdowns. Like, you know, no, you talk, then you talk. Don't both of you try to tell me something at once. I mean, it's that and, and like, you know, perfume or cigarette or, you know, very yeah. sensitive smell. So, I mean, I totally get all that. And, and, I've always been sensitive from even being a child of, you know, people, stupid kids make fun of you, but you know, you carry that with you. And so I totally get what you're saying about that, that yeah. like, why put yourself out for people to maybe 
make these stupid comments today. Yeah, I don't, I never check reviews, by the way. I, that's the <laughs> thing that narrators talk about. I don't check them. I, I don't look at them ever. I go to coaches and I'll, you know, regularly to catch things I'm doing wrong, but I'm just too sensitive. <laughs> but, um, but the, yeah, no, nobody gets to go in my, in my booth with me, you know, unless they're directing me. So how did you get from acting in LA and, and then into voiceover and then from there into audiobooks, you know, talk to me about these transitions you've made to get from point A to B to, it seems like you're now at point C. <laughs> sure. <laughs> you so, may be at point F or G. I, I mean, I don't think I can keep up actually. The tornado <laughs> is just out of control. Uh, <laughs> I have, I have been feeling a little overwhelmed lately. I'm looking forward to a couple, a week off between Christmas and New Year's. Um, what happened was, and I feel like the story, I've told the story so many times, but there's a lot of people in here. I don't know. So, um, I was at a party in Los Angeles, hobnobbing with a bunch of writers. And I was telling a story about my mom and I was imitating her New York accent. And, uh, the story was, she was at the grocery store with my sister and my sister's friend. And so my mom has always wanted to get rid of her accent. She actually hired a speech pathologist to get rid of her accent, and she can't. Mm. When she gets upset, it comes out. And so she calls – my sister's friend's name is Mora. She calls her Moira. And uh, she has her thick glasses on that are sunglasses, and she's writing out her check at the cash register. And the cashier was asking if she wanted paper or plastic bags, and it was getting uncomfortable. Cause my mom wasn't answering. And so my sister and her friend were like, mom, mom. And so my mom's like, what, what? And she's like, paper or plastic. And my mom just lost it. And she goes, paper or plastic? Who cares? I just spent $89.95 in meat products. Oh no, $89.95 in groceries. And I didn't even get any meat products. Who cares? And I was like, yes, I do. Because in Los Angeles, you're taught that you do whatever. Yes. The answer is always yes. And then you learn. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so she had me, she wanted to find a narrator that sounded like me, but could, that could do that voice. And I guess she'd auditioned. And by the way, every narrator who's listening, if an author says this to you, it should always raise a red flag. She's like, I auditioned 50 to hundred narrators and I can't find one that's doing that right. Well, anyway. The first book that I narrated, I did not complete. We worked on it for three or four months. And having an on-camera background and a theater background, I thought that it was normal for them to come back with direction on every other sentence. Mm -hmm. mm. You took a breath here. You were too, you were an octave lower here than you were there. And so finally I said, you know, I think you need a director and a full cast. I'm going to not, I, I'm not going to charge you, but I'm not going to do this. And then I went on ACX. This was in 2013. Mm. So I had a lot of luck on ACX. My feeling was I just invested in a microphone and equipment and coaching. And now I'm going to do this. And so I, I did a lot of titles there. And it's funny. I was thinking about my pseudonyms. The first pseudonym is just my maiden name, which was Gina Maneggio has a few titles. <laughs> And it was good because those were not my best work. And then Gina Rogers. And then Monica King is my romance pseudonym. And Danny Williams is my politics pseudonym. 
<laughs> no. Yeah. So there are a bunch of us. <laughs> you do a lot of niche work and multiple personalities. Yeah. And I love, I love that I can do that. So do you narrate political things that are opposed to your own belief about it? I mean, like. Yes. So there was one that was about guns and women's self-defense. And there were just a couple chapters that I thought got a little violent. And I didn't want, um, with my experience on camera, when I was cast, a couple times I was cast as like a very mean, aggressive woman. And oh. when I was introduced to people after, they said they didn't believe it was me. Hmm. If so, if you're following, the director was like, this is Gina. She star of the movie and the people were like no you weren't that woman was a b-i-t-c-h and i'm like oh no that was me so it was interesting it's called acting <laughs> tell me from that experience i thought i don't want any listener to get confused and think that this is me and you know approach me mm -hmm. so it's a little bit of like a scared but it's just based on my experience as an actor so yes so i did the gun books and then most recently a publisher that I'd wanted to work with for so long and paid really great rates gave me this very high profile book. And um, it was one of Trump's lawyers. And um, most of it was interesting. I found it very interesting. But the last couple chapters, she just got so nasty. She was like being mean and I, I didn't want that. So, yeah. So, but you did it, but under the pseudonym is what you're saying. Yes. And, and I'm always embarrassed because I know, Karen, you have such high standards for yourself. And I have to admit, I think 20 years in LA <laughs> made my standards low and I'll basically do anything as long as it's not my name. Not anything. I do have some rules, but this was, uh, yeah, I just use a fake name. I'm sorry. Well, I'm, no, don't, there's no reason to apologize. I mean, because we all, that's part of what we all have to do is decide what we're willing to do, what our boundaries are, how we want to present ourselves out in the world. And certainly in our business, it, it's very acceptable and normal that you present yourself in different names for different types of genres. So you, you have no reason to apologize. You're approaching your business in a very smart fashion. Thank you. Thank you. Did you say to the publisher at the start of the project, though, that, ooh, you know, not to, can I do this under a pseudonym or did you start and off saying it was going to be you and then you, you changed horses a bit? No, Anne, and usually I'm very good about it. I'm like, I, I believe I'm at about 200 and something books and this was the first time that I signed on as Gina Rogers. And then when I started narrating, I proofed it and there was a lot, I prepped it. And there were a lot of um, political names and terms that I wasn't too familiar with. Cause I'm not that I'm not very involved in politics or well-versed. And mm -hmm. um, I was doing all of that prep work. So I was very focused on that. And I read, I glanced over the last couple of chapters and thought, it's just her pontificating. It's nothing, not worry about. So no, to answer your question, as I was recording those last two chapters, I think it was an eight hour book. I um, thought, oh goodness, I'm just, what should I do? And I reached out mm -hmm. to, I had just met Iris McElroy in, uh, in the New England Narrators Retreat. And I said, how difficult is it 
to change to a pseudonym after I've already been cast and contracts have been signed. And she said, it depends on what has gone on behind the scenes with the, um, what is it called, Karen? You probably know, um, you know, what's been listed on Audible and whatnot. The uh, metadata. Yes. Thank you. I knew you would know. Um, <laughs> I didn't know I was going to be tested on that today, but yay. <laughs> <laughs> I reached out to casting and I said, I don't want to cause anyone any extra work. If you need to, if it's going to, then I'm totally fine as Gina Rogers, but I'm realizing there's like a bit of a, like I use the term diatribe or something like she's getting mm -hmm. real aggressive here. And I'd love to use this pseudonym. And they, they said, no problem. But yeah, short answer. I didn't. Oh, no, you handled that very diplomatically. Thank you. Thank you. Yes. Good job. And I'm glad that it was, it was well received. So that was a, a win all around, Gina. Exactly. Yes. Yes, except that my dad, who's a giant Trump supporter, wanted everyone to know that I narrated that book. I was like, oh. no, dad, that's the point of the pseudonym. Stop. <laughs> oh. Yes. Well, he didn't take out billboards or anything, so you're probably okay. Yeah. yeah. Oh. And <laughs> then I, I feel like the reason you guys wanted, um, I, I don't want to, I, I talk so much. I could just blab all day but the dancing I was not permitted to dance as a kid and um I started dancing in college so it was not at a level where I could compete in ballroom but I was taking ballroom I found Zumba and that's when I started back in like 2013 and I had been teaching seven classes a week in LA when we went on lockdown and I was very close with all my students so I started teaching every day for free online and then you can't do that and narrate because you get really dehydrated. So I went down to the two days and I still do that. And those are, it keeps me exercising. So it's been amazing. And I'm going to teach that class in LA. The studio is paid for. I don't know if you guys follow me on Facebook, but um, I rented a studio space. It's huge. So everybody could spread out. Um, yeah, I saw that. I'm, I'm going to add that to the member calendar and the newsletter for narrators, roadmap members. So people going to LA will know that's another thing they can look for. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. And then what happened was I broke my toe. I think a lot here and I couldn't dance. And it was like, I was narrating and I had nothing. And I was, I'm a very much, I have to always be doing something. So mm -hmm. I started playing with succulents and I was propagating them and I had these tiny little plants, but no pots. And I went online and they were like $80 for tiny pots. I was like, I can oh. make that is how I started playing with clay. And then when I went to the oh. narrow street, everybody was talking about imposter syndrome. So I made little manifestation boxes shaped as books with a little scroll inside. And you could write your mantra on that and have it in your booth. And um, I don't, people have just started asking me for customizable things. And roast recently, I'm doing bookshelves that are also business card holders. Wow. Along with ornaments and all sorts of things. So yeah, I say whatever interests you, go for it. Because narration is so flexible and we can do it around the other things. Beautiful. Mm -hmm. Oh, and I love your clay, clay creations so much. And I have one of those intention boxes. And you've made a little harp on the cover of mine because I asked you to. Yes. And I love it. And I'm you know, I wrote down an intention in it. And so it's on my desk in my office and, and I sit there a lot and I see my little box and I think of what's in it 
And that just keeps me focused on that. It's kind of a short-term goal, but it, it's not one that can happen this week. So it, it does really help because I, I do keep thinking of what's inside that box and I want what's inside to become my reality outside. Yeah. So I'm excited about that. One thing I've wanted to know, you've been, now you've been making all these so cute little earrings. Can you, <laughs> can you get 14 carat fittings? Uh, yeah. Actually, it's funny. Um, there's a gift shop owner in town that I'm friends with, and she asked me the same thing last week. She said, you know, now that you're doing more of that, you should invest in um, more, like, more quality. Yeah. Uh, yes. The short answer. Yes. <laughs> well, good. We'll have to talk <laughs> about about some earrings because, like, I saw the the little snowman holding the little book. And I'm like, oh, that's so cute. And, um, <laughs> but I only wear gold and there's a reason for that it was when sure. i was a child <laughs> when i was a child my you know K kmart was in existence and they would have these earrings 10 for a dollar and you know when you're a teenager it's like, oh well that's great but my mother said to me and this has stuck with me all these years instead of buying all those why don't you save your money and buy one good pair of earrings and so that's what i do and so now I'm kind of a snob. It's like, and I feel like I can't, there aren't, they don't make little fun earrings, you know? And so if I could find somebody who could, I'd love that. That's so really interesting. Yeah. I never thought about, see, my thinking was, oh, they're, they're such silly little fun earrings. Like nobody's going to want them if they want, it didn't make sense to me, but I'm sure there's other people like you out there. I can't be the only one. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that's a really good point. It's a really good point. I like it. Every time I talk to Aaron, I, there's like something new that I'm like, I need to do that. I love it. Well, it's just because I'm, you know, selfishly looking after my own interest of what I want. <laughs> so, yeah. But so I love that you've, you know, you started doing that and you're you're still doing the dancing. And you've started going out and selling these things at craft fairs. And how's that going? It seems like you're really enjoying it. So I will say that I enjoy chatting with people and that part of it, but the setup and the takedown is ridiculous. I'm all about work smart, not hard. So randomly, as our social media does, they put a coach in front of me that is a, um, She's a handmade seller business coach. And she reminds me of Jennifer Gillaraya. I just took Jennifer Gillaraya's <laughs> Taming the Muse. And it was amazing. And it's going to help me so much with my finance, the way I approach my entrepreneurial business um, with regard to being a creative freelancer. But this woman that I found on Facebook for the craft business is, um, she teaches you how to sell online. And she's only $27 a month, which is in my budget. And um, she has all these videos. So if you notice, I'm posting a lot online for the clay business. And um, my goal is to stop doing as many craft fairs. I'm only doing mm. one and um, sell more online because it just, the amount of time and the tent that you have to put up is so heavy, so cumbersome. And I'm such a small person. I'm like the size of a small child. So I have to force myself <laughs> to help me. He's never happy about it. And 
last time, last the last fair I was at was really windy and all my things blew over and a bunch of stuff. Oh. And I was like, oh my gosh, this is just too much. So I have one this month at a an art hotel that I'm really excited about because it looks real fancy. So, and it's inside. <laughs> I can I have- identify with you about the um, setting up you know, taking your wares around. Not that yeah. I had any crafts, but really the, the start of my acting was selling Oriflam, which was skincare and makeup. And so it was like a traveling circus. You know, <laughs> heft all that stuff around and put it up and take it down, like you say. And just that whole selling thing was so distasteful to me. And the way that people looked at me as if I was some kind of a cockroach, you know, it was just... <laughs> I think I'm a sensitive person too, and it just drove me for the hills. But I learned an awful lot from the time that I did it. But it it was painful. It really was painful. Yes, yes, I did. I had a lady come up. She was talking to me about the um, the uh, intention boxes, and mm. I said that I would love to, you know, if the business took off, I would love to donate them to like girls clubs or girls and boys, mostly for girls, I guess. So like to give them to kids and they can boost their confidence. And she looked at me and she said, well, why don't you just teach them how to make it? (laughs) Um, it's really hard to make actually. Oh gosh. Yeah. Like, Oh, this is just so easy. I just tossed this off in 10 minutes. Sure. Yeah. I'll have a little lunch and learn with them. I mean, I guess I, like, I kind of see where she was coming from, but yes, I felt cockroach was a good way to, I was like, ugh. (laughs) It's like audiobook narration. People who don't do it don't have a true appreciation for what goes into making it happen. And I wondered, I I saw you went to Readers Take Denver and you were also at Romanicon in Connecticut. And I wondered how similar those kinds of things are to doing a craft fair. And did... I think uh, I think I saw Viviana Izzo invited you to Denver, but how, how did it go, come about going to the other one? Were you invited by authors and were you prospecting? And did you have an exhibitor table at either or both of those events? So it was interesting. Um, Vivi did invite me to Denver and an author that I had done a lot of royalty share projects with was going to be there. And my best friend lives in Denver. I was very opposed to group situations after COVID. You know, most of us, we stayed home and we're like, wait, if I stay home, I don't get sick. I don't have to take time off of work. So it was a big step for me to go. And I will say it was flattering because people did know my pseudonym, Monica King, and they would come up and ask for my autograph. And that was oh, really cool. Oh, wow. Lovely. Yeah. Uh, I was really flattered. People had like printed, I have, I had a fake photo, like a stock photo that that author actually gave me to use as Monica's on Facebook. And um, wow, people had printed that out and put it in a book and wanted me to sign it. And I was like, oh, wow. Oh my gosh. So very flattering. Now, granted, they were like five or 10. Meanwhile, I'm across from Troy Duran. Is it Duran or Duran? I never know. And, um, Marcio <laughs> and they had lines around the bend. So, you know, there was a bit of like, uh. now Romanticon, upon some advice from a couple other narrators that do these events, I turned into a crazy marketer. I reached out <laughs> to every single author that was going to be there. 
I left them a voice message on their Instagram. And I said, hi, I'm Monica King. I'm going to be at Romanticon. If you have any interest in chatting about audiobooks, I'd love to meet you. Just give me a check on this message or respond back and I'll put you on my list of people to find and meet. Right? Wow. Very impressive. So like 15 or 20 of them wrote back. and Wow, that's great. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, it was really aggressive. And I made them um, little packets with a QR code to my, a video that said, it's so nice to meet you. Like I was, I was on this, you guys. I was like, I'm not gonna spend this money, not get a return mm-hmm. investment. And, um, but Romanticon was easy because my mom's in Connecticut. So it, it, you know, it was kind of like a double thing, but mm. I did not, I got one, two people that were interested. So to answer your question, I didn't even sit at my booth at that event and it might've been bad form. I walked around everyone's table. I made sure that I wasn't interrupting them with their fans, but if they were alone, I'd say, hi, I'm Monica. I'm also Gina. I left you the message. Here's a little gift for you. If you want to chat more, let's set up a Zoom. So, but it didn't work for me. I've not had much luck with that. Is that the one where you had the t-shirt that said my pseudonym has straight hair? And then you had those cute little keychains of the clay intention boxes with the little hair locket on it yep yep it wasn't an intention they were so cute and such such perfect branding it was, <laughs> i just commend you on the cleverness of the whole thing i really appreciate that no one else <laughs> i was thinking about this yesterday because i met with that business coach and i mentioned her because if there's anyone listening who's like i would like to sell crafts reach out and i will give you her information she's brilliant Um, she, uh, I had a one-on-one with her yesterday and I said, I'm kind of all over the place and I keep like, I'm doing earrings and I'm doing intention boxes. And, and she said, what's the one thing that you're enjoying that you get paid the most for and you can replicate. And it's the bookshelves that are business card holders. But I was thinking yesterday about those keychains because I made hundreds of them and I don't know if people thought it was weird. So if you guys go to these events, people have swag. Romance narrators and authors have swag. I didn't even know what that was. Vivi had to explain it to me. It's like stickers or tumblers or keychains. Stuff we all get. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I never, never had that. And I'm like, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna buy swag. I can make swag. And then I started, you know, you get I got a little self conscious, like, do people think it's weird that I'm handing out like handmade keychains <laughs> but I, no one said anything like people were like oh this is so cool but no i put a qr code on the back of it i didn't get any work out of it so i don't know i don't i don't think they thought it was weird it could be that they didn't i mean i guess you had a whole bunch of them and they would know this was one they could have but Sometimes people aren't clear on whether this is something you're giving or selling, and they don't want to just take one if they don't know. So it could be that maybe they didn't know they were free to have. I don't know. No, no, no. I gave out a ton of them. Oh, okay. Well, just shoot my theory down. Why don't you? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, And it's funny. I mean, I I sound like, I, I honestly, I thought I liked it and I was happy to do it. But I thought I was pretty confident. I'm fully. I'm being honest with you guys that I was going to get a return on that investment, and I did not. <laughs> well, just because you haven't doesn't mean you won't. That's true. That is very true. When was this event? 
August. So it's just been four months. True. Yes. Yes. And people are, you know, heading into the fall and heading into holidays. And, and it could be that, you know, you might see a return on that investment next spring or next summer. That's true. That is true. It's like, you know, fall, like their kids are starting school back and then there's all that. And it, it just, you just don't know. And it, and it, the thing is, and, and this is what I, I truly believe, what you put out in the world comes back to you, but it usually comes back in a time and place and from a direction you don't expect. So I think because you've made all this effort and you made out the keychains, you know, maybe this is why you're getting all the interest in your clay sculptures from other avenues because that energy is coming back to you and you are getting a return on it, but it just doesn't, you know, you're looking at it. These authors that I contacted should be calling me back and, you know, pushing contracts in my face and they're not doing that. (laughs) But it could be that this energy is coming back to you through people who are very interested in buying your bookshelves and buying your intention boxes. and, And you could see these authors pop up with, something for you in the future. So that's why I say just because it hasn't doesn't mean it won't in in the way that you expect. And it may already be happening now and you just don't realize it. That is true. Thank you. And yes, if a publisher comes to me and says, would you like to be submitted for this author? And then they put it forward. They're going to be like, oh, this is the, this is the one that gave me the keychain. Keychain. You're absolutely right. Yes. Well, and I, you could see, you could always follow up with them. True. And I'll be honest with you. Um, I, I don't typically. In your unending spare time. <laughs> yeah. I don't typically share, like, I'm not a person who says, now working for Audible, now working for this. I don't judge anyone for doing it, but I don't do it. I have gotten so busy with narration work in the last two months. None of those authors, but I have. It's funny. I said to my husband, I think I manifested too hard because I, I'm booked into this summer and, um, I don't have to do craft shops. (laughs) I'm getting orders and I'm like waking up in the middle of the night. Like, what did I forget? Do I have to go to the post office? No, I got to prep this book. So, uh, (laughs) be careful what you manifest. No, I'm not in any way complaining. I guess I was just sharing my experience that um, I don't know, just to share the experience of what happened, what I did. How much but I, work. I think you just proved my point. You're booked yeah. into the summer. Yes. You're yeah. just not booked with the people that you thought you'd be booked with. Yeah, you're right. And I do know this when you put, when you like move forward and you change your energy, things do like that's what I mean. It's, I believe in fully believe in manifestation. And I did, I put a lot of energy into that. So maybe it didn't come directly, but it definitely has come indirectly in all aspects of everything I do. So, yes. What is your method of manifestation, Gina? Give us your, give us your secrets. Well, I'm sorry. What's your secrets of manifestation? Can you share something with us? Well, so I kind of, really dove into it a couple months ago. Joe Dispenza has a lot of YouTube videos and another named Earl Nightingale. Oh yeah. A YouTube video. And I just started 
because I would wake up in the morning, going back to me joking about you guys smiling on camera, but I do tend to be stressed and anxious. And my mind, I, I automatically go to negative a lot. So mm-hmm. I would wake up in the about a, about three, four months ago, I would wake up in the morning and start thinking, oh gosh, I have to do this. I have to do that. I have to do this. And instead I would turn on one of those YouTube videos and I would listen as I walk the dogs about, you know, it's all about your attitude. And I can't remember, I, this might've been Mel Robbins, but when, when I wake up in the morning, I think instead of thinking I have to get this many pages recorded, I have to go to the post office and I have to do the dance class. I think I get to do this. Mm. And it completely changes how you feel. Like one of them was talking about, you can say, I am a successful, completely booked narrator. But unless you feel it in your gut and you have that like feeling of like waking up on Christmas morning, you're a kid or Hanukkah (laughs) or Kwanzaa. um, (laughs) You get that feeling when you're like so excited and it's very easy to lose that as an adult because we, and especially if your mind goes towards negative and scarcity. So I have, I hope I answered your question, Anne. I, I get really. Yes, um, yes, 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 yes. Okay, and good. It makes perfect sense. Yeah. So I get to do this. I, I changed. I went from a salesperson looking forward to the weekends to, I get to teach a dance class today. And I get to go in my special little booth and play every character. And it's hard, but it's fun. So, mm-hmm. yeah. And that, well, has, that has worked. And instead of thinking, I don't have enough money for this, one of my mantras is, money is fro- flowing freely and abundantly to me and away from me. I like to say people just love to give me money. <laughs> <laughs> that is, I'm going to write that but- down. The the thing is, the affirmation is what helps rewire your brain. Yes. So that you actually can have that feeling of, I am a highly successful, well-respected narrator or whatever it is, however you phrase it. And I think that's so important to to say and write your words in the direction you want your life to go. I, I, I used to watch Joel Osteen and he would say, don't use your words to describe the situation. Use your words to change the situation. And, and Wayne Dyer would always say the way when you change the way you look at things, the things you look at change. So uh, I'm, I'm totally on board with everything you're saying. And I cannot let you get away and our time is uh, quickly running out. And I cannot get, let you get away without asking you what I like to call the pit stop hot seat question. And it's a question you're not expecting, of course. <laughs> um, I think I'd like to ask you, if if you came with a warning label, what would it say? Don't show me your dark side. <laughs> what will happen if I do? <laughs> I hate that this is being recorded. This is This is for all of eternity to hear. Um, I am funny in that I am anyone's best friend. If any, I've tried to follow a bunch of you guys. Um, if anybody reaches out to me, I am sunshine and butterflies and rainbows. And I, I love helping people. Um, 
if you show me that you have a side of yourself that is dark or unethical or cruel in any way, you you no longer exist in my world. And it's it's not something I'm proud of. I'm giggling because I'm embarrassed, but it's a warning because it happened with one of my neighbors. <laughs> they did something that I feel is very unethical. And so they no longer exist. And so when I see them, I don't, I just wave and keep walking. And my other friend said, it's like you just snipped her out of your life. And I said, yes, it's because I'm so sensitive and I'm so, I believe energy is something that you need to protect. And um, she's not a nice person. So she does no longer exist. I'm surprised you even wave. Yeah, yeah. Sometimes I do. Sometimes I just turn around and walk the other way because I don't want to hurt anyone. But at the same time, what she did is not acceptable. And like, there have been instances where I've been friends with someone and they, they say something nasty to someone else. And I'll try. I'll correct. I'll say, you know, I don't know why you said that. I don't think that's funny. And then it catches them off guard because I'm all smiles and butterflies and everything's so fun and funny. But as soon as you do something like that, I don't have time for you. Does that end on a bad note, Karen? <laughs> That's not a bad note. No, that goes back no, to having to decide for yourself where your boundaries are. Yeah. yeah. So it's a laudable <laughs> note, not a bad one at all. Thanks. <laughs> I agree. I, so, I, you guys. Yeah. No, you so have to protect your energy. Yeah. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but it's your soul. I mean, your energy is your soul to some degree. It really is. And and it's just, it, it happened, I think it started in Los Angeles because they're, they're just, they're, there are a lot of people out there that will just take and take and take. And, you know, when you have so much sunshine to give you, you got to drop boundaries. <laughs> but yeah, um, it, it, so pe I had heard uh, a few other neighbors told me stories about these people. And I thought, oh, that's terrible. But I don't know you that I didn't know the person telling me the story. So I, you know, gave this, these people the benefit of the doubt. Mm -hmm. And then it happened. And yeah. Hmm. Blocked. I do it online too. If someone does something I don't like, or there's like an energy that I just think is negative or makes me feel bad in some way. Block, mute, done. Sounds no, like I a very wise approach. <laughs> yes. Th Thanks. This is not your next door neighbor, is it? She's a few block houses down. I was, was going to say, actually, maybe you shouldn't answer that question. <laughs> you, you never know how word travels back to people, so... So funny because I was t I was telling all these stories about my crazy neighbors and this this community is crazy. Every neighbor is so off the wall bonkers. And guess who <laughs> my neighbors is? <laughs> Madeline Maybe's <laughs> mom. Do you guys know Madeline Maybe? Uh, uh, yes, I yes. mean I know of her. Yeah. She's a fabulous person, wonderful yeah. narrator, and so is her mom. I actually really like her mom. Um, <laughs> but it was funny because somebody said, "Oh." You know, Victoria's daughter is an audiobook narrator. She lives in, in the UK or in, in your, I can't remember where Madeline lives. I said, UK. oh, I haven't heard of her. And then I realized we had been on a Zoom call together 
And I was like, oh no, what stories did I tell about my neighbors? (laughs) (laughs) It's a small world for sure. Yes, yes, yes. But um, yeah. Well, so with you doing narration and you doing dancing and you making your clay sculptures, how do you manage to divide your time between all these things? And I know you said sometimes you wake up worrying about them. And and do you have any kind of help with any of it? You know, I love that you, I saw you wrote that somewhere. Um, I would love to hire a virtual assistant, but I'm not financially in a place where I can do that yet. Um, So what I do is narration always comes first. And so far, everything else, like my students are very understandable. Some days I'll be like, some weeks I'll say, I have so much narration work. I have to cancel class and they're fine with it. And, um, the clay so far, I'll say it's going to be just a day or two before I can ship that out. So I prioritize narration comes first. Then when I have a break, I do the clay is it's the best because I do it while I'm listening to audiobooks. And by the way, I'm listening to Patria's Camelot and Vine right now. And oh, it's wonderful. Oh, fun. Yeah. Fabulous. Um, so that's like, I try to multitask as much as possible. So if I'm listening or watching a video on how to um, sell something online, I'm also making the clay while I'm doing that. And then someone said, you know, you never talk about when you learn the choreography for the class. And I said, I usually do it in the mornings in bed. I watch the videos or I come up with a choreography in my head. Um, it's, I write everything down in a hard copy planner. And I also have a wall planner that I put all my books on. I schedule myself out and I always schedule myself out a couple extra days that I know I'll need just in case. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Over, un, what is it? Do Under you schedule any fun time? Yeah. Right. right. That's very wise. But do you schedule yourself some downtime, some fun time? Um, because you sound pretty scheduled <laughs> right now, and I don't know if it'll always be like this, but the clay is like it's so I stopped drinking drinking wine, which was my favorite thing in the world recently because my body's just not reacting well. Clay is my reward. I love it. It's so fun. I just enjoy it so much. but when i'm when I realize I'm getting stressed, I will sit outside and meditate. My husband has um made a pond in the back with um koi fish and oh, I'll sit yeah. out there and just meditate or go for a walk. I do I have a weekly walking friend. Yeah. It's and, I'm honest with you, the last month I have not had much free time. <laughs> and how far are you from the beach? Because I know you said you like to do that. It's about two miles. It's great. And really? I'm a bike and I'm planning to bike to the beach as often oh, as possible. Well. Yeah, I always dreamed of living that close to the beach. And when we finally decided to move for years, we were going to move from Georgia to Florida. And when we finally decided to move, we moved 12 miles. <laughs> you don't. So that that beach living is uh, something I can still only do on vacation. So I'm very jealous of you for that. I, I will tell you, uh, I think it was like it was probably 2017. A friend of mine in L.A. said, come over and let's make vision boards. And I was like, no. And he's like, yeah, it's going to be so fun. And I was like, 
all right, so I came over and I made this vision board and I never finished it, but I did put a house that was on the beach with um, Adirondack chairs and yeah. it looks like our house. So oh, you oh, I love that story. It sounds mm -hmm. woo woo, but the manifestation stuff and the vision boards, it works. It works. Karen, make a vision board. Oh, I have. And so much <laughs> of it has come true. I'm not complaining, mind you. It's just right. that was the one thing. But it there's so many reasons why we decided that wasn't a good change. So we didn't do it. Yeah. And we can still go to the beach. I mean, it's still there. It's not like, How far not like the, the ocean dried up because I didn't move. <laughs> How far are you from the beach? Oh, gosh. I mean, we're in northeast Georgia. I'm 40 miles northeast of downtown Atlanta. No, actually, I'm yeah, I'm 40 miles. So for me to get to the closest beach is Savannah. It's probably about four and a half hours. And okay. we like to go to Ponte Vedra. And so that's, that's about six to seven, depending on how many stops we make uh, or how fast we go. Because it's, you know, it's south of Jacksonville. And it's, it's just north of St. Augustine. We love going there. But um, anyway, enough about me, because our time is almost up and I'm not done grilling you. Oh, oh. <laughs> so you had said something about, um, you know, to, to do things that you want to do. Do you have some specific advice that you could share with other people who want us to expand their horizons beyond narration? Um, I say Jennifer Jillariah had, Araya had said something, um, about, well, she made a point of saying that most full-time narrators have something else that they do. And I feel like at one point in my career, I was just a full-time narrator and it took a little bit of the joy away. I like having extra time to record a book. Cause some days I wake up and I'm like, I don't feel like it today. And I know if I go in there, it's not going to be my best work. So I encourage everybody to find the other things that bring you the joy. And I'll go to PJ and Christine Havam. I don't know how to pronounce their last name. PJ and Christine do that play workshop and how important it is that we see narration as our time to play. Oh, and, Christine Pham, is it? Yes, 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 yes. Yes. So I took their workshop a while ago, and that was when I was full time narrating. And it like lit this little spark that was like, yes, it's a freelance mm. job and it's flexible, and I can make it work around my schedule so that I can do the other things that spark joy and make me. So if there's anything you like, I say go for it. And um, um, was, I didn't think of monetizing the clay until people started asking for it. So I don't know that. Did I answer your question? Yeah, but you can keep going. I, um, I guess I was just thinking if you're looking for another way to make money, because also I, I had a tough time last year because I, my motto, my thinking was always, you have to spend money to make money. And I went to a bunch of events and that was also why I did that crazy marketing push at that last one that I went to because that I did a terrific marketing push. Go ahead. Like, you know, <laughs> I, I didn't, um, 
and I will admit I enjoyed it. It didn't feel like work. It was, it was fun. Cause I was like fishing, you know, it's my, the sales personality, but, um, I, uh, what was I going to say? Um, you were thinking if you have to looking for other ways to make money, right? Yes. Because with narration, with any freelance job, it's so up and down. You have one month where you make 10 grand and then one month where you don't have any income. And so again, a little plug for Jennifer, her method and profit first, profit first. Is that what it's called? It's a book by Michael McCallowitz and he teaches you how to budget in a way that on the slow months, you're still paying yourself. It's great. Um, but my point is I wanted something so I didn't feel stressed about having to get books, having to ask a publisher to please give me a job. So that was the dancing. The dancing has always been a second source of income. Um, and someone recently said, you know, you really should be charging for your classes. I don't charge because I don't have a music license. And that was how I found out how I could go around that. And everyone who takes my class donates to me. And the ones who can't, I'm happy. That's totally fine because I did a lot of things on scholarship. A lot of my dancing was given to me for free because I didn't have money at the time. So I believe pay it forward and just find the things that spark joy. And yeah manifest. And I'm putting a link to that book that you mentioned in the chat of uh, Profit First. Yeah, it's great. Well, this has been such a fun and terrific conversation, but we're already beyond our time. <laughs> Do How should people get in touch with you? I, I have your website in the pin link. Is there uh, you know, some other southern thing? And is there anything that you would like to promote? The best place to chat with me is probably on Instagram at Gina R-E-D. I can put that in the chat. Um, that's where I am everywhere. Gina Red was my nickname in college. Um, and promotion-wise, if you guys are going to L.A. and you want to come to that dance class, I would love to have you. I'm also... I have a group on Facebook called Just Keep Dancing that I started when I started teaching online. And what I'm doing every Monday, you know, in my free time, is yeah. bring down a step. So like this past Monday, I did a merengue. So that will come to the class. You have a basic because it's like a different language. People say, I tried your class and I couldn't follow. I give nonverbal cues to let you know what the next step is. So if you follow, if you're interested in that at all, just find me on Instagram and I'll send you the link. You can join the group. I don't charge for it. The only thing I would charge for it is the class in LA. And that's it. Yeah. Otherwise, the clay is a happy heart clay. I, I have so many things. I'll put them in the chat. Which, which <laughs> takes a small circle to the comment about you being a creative tornado. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Yes. I am a creative tornado. There's a lot happening. <laughs> and on that happy note, I should probably say it's time for everybody to get back on the road. So we're going to conclude today's pit stop. The recording will be available on Clubhouse later today. And probably next week, I'll post it with a transcript on narratorsroadmap.com. Pit stops also available in your favorite podcast platforms, including Apple and Audible. 
And who is coming up tomorrow on Narrator Uplift? Tomorrow I have Hillary Huber. Oh, Very wonderful. Yeah. I love her. Can't wait for that chat. Yeah, yeah. This is kind of the end of a season. I've decided I'm going to put Pit Stop on hiatus for a few months, and I hope to restart it in the spring and that you'll take another road trip with us then. But in the meantime, I hope everybody finds joy in every journey and lives the life of your dreams. Thank you again so much to Gina Rogers for this fantastic conversation. And thank you, Anne, for your great discussion and support as always. And thanks to all of you for spending time with us today. Hope you have a wonderful week and we will see you soon. Mm -hmm.